the Christian life is to be lived in vocation. In the seemingly ordinary walks of life that take up nearly all of the hours of our day, such things seem mundane, but this is because of our blindness. Actually, God is present in them and in us in a mighty, though hidden, way. The next series of podcasts are going to focus on Luther's doctrine of vocation. October 31st of this year celebrated the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and Luther was the father of the Reformation. So listen in as we interview several different women to highlight Luther's doctrine of vocation. Today on the podcast, we have Sue Niehoff with us, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the work she does in Africa. Welcome, Sue. Hi. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So tell us first, before we start, a little bit about your family, maybe your background, anything we should know about you. Okay. Uh, We came to Cornerstone five years ago. Okay. And that's when God changed our hearts. Huh. Um, We have a background in uh, a very fundamental church that focused on missions and taught us to live right and was very um, legalistic. Okay, yeah. So God taught us to love people when we came here. Oh, that's neat. So now our lives have changed and we love people more. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, God is using us in people's lives to in some cases make a difference. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we talked a little bit before we started the podcast about your work in Africa with Restoring Hope Ministry. So yes. fill me in on that, just like uh, maybe the little bit of a history on Restoring Hope and why you guys decided to go. Okay. Our daughter-in-law went to South Africa to work um, in a children's ministry with babies. Okay. When she went for her nursing degree, as okay. a, she went for six weeks as an intern. Oh, wow. And fell in love with that. And so they went back after they were married for a visit. And so it was your son. And your our son. I'm, okay. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And met another missionary who was going to start a children's ministry and said, I need a builder and a nurse. Okay. So God said, that's you. So uh, they came Go home, sold everything. And wow. Within five months, God provided their support. And they put what was left in a container and... Split, yeah. Wow. So that was 12 years ago. What a story. So God has blessed that mightily. Yeah, and so that's how you got interested? Yes, we went to visit them in December after they got there in May. Okay. And we've been going every year now. Oh, wow. So how... What's your average time of stay? You're not there all year. It started out as a month. Okay. But now we're there for three to five to six months. Oh, wow. And so what do you... Like, what are the things that you do when you're there? anything um i'm not a teacher okay he's not a preacher okay um it's the ministry of the mundane okay so our gift is hospitality and service okay so and helps so we just do whatever that's fantastic and it frees the uh staff up to do the work of the ministry so right. to speak but we do have so an do you mainly spend kids. time with the kids uh, mainly it's just whatever Okay. And sometimes it is time with the kids. So. And how many kids are we talking about? There are 30 plus right now. Plus and they're four orphans? They are all orphans. All orphans. Unless they are there as a place of safety. Okay. Um, meaning 
dad went to jail, so um, we need a place for these kids. So okay. Like and, like, what are the age ranges? Um, right now, I think it's one to about 23. Oh, okay. The oldest has um, some disabilities that make her probably be there for the rest mm -hmm. of her life. Right. Unless so they, she gets married. Okay. Possibly. So you said you had grandchildren, too. Do they help with their parents? They are. The oldest is 10. Okay. So they... Um, help? Yeah. Oh, they're just they're just part of the. That's all they've ever known. Yes. Oh, so they so, were all born there. So how you have three or four grandchildren in Africa? Four. Four. So you get to see them then part oh, of the year yeah. every it's, year. It's great. Oh, them. that's wonderful. So, um, so you go there and you do the mundane, which is probably the things that Jesus is so pleased that you're doing because. Other people don't want to do those. That's really God glorifying. Well, we hope so. so. Yeah, that's the plan. So tell me, uh, like specifically, what a day might look like. What's a daily routine for you there? I know you said it's different. Okay, the sun comes up about five o'clock. Okay, so we get up early. And is it always the same? Is there, um, are there it seasons? It changes about a half hour. Oh wow! Time what? This is okay. Sunrise and sunset. And and is it always warm there? Uh, winter can be cold. Okay. But it'll get down to freezing. Okay, and winter is still winter like this time of year? Um, it's actually in June. Oh, okay. Totally reversed. Yes. Okay. So that's so why we you... go when we go to escape by Oh, I understand. So you get up about with the sunrise. And fix breakfast and watch out the window because the grandkids will probably be coming to have pancakes or Odie's or eggs. Or so they don't live us. there with their family? They yeah, live elsewhere? They live on the compound. Oh, okay. And our little cottage is on the compound. Okay. But we also bought a house right next to the compound. So So you're going to live in that now? Lord willing. Someday. I mean, okay. part-time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Will you fix it up or is that something you built? It's a fixer-upper. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about breakfast, and what do you eat when you're in Africa? Oh, a lot of American stuff. We eat a lot uh, of eggs. Okay. And okay. Good protein. Try to do whole foods and okay. Good healthy stuff. And is this you're fixing this for the whole group? No, for uh, okay. the two of us and, okay. and whatever children show up. Okay. And so mm -hmm. after your breakfast, <clears throat> after breakfast uh, they run off. They run home to go to homeschool. Oh, okay. And we start in with whatever responsibilities have either been assigned or we've taken up for the day uh -huh. um, until we're needed for something else. Uh -huh. So it could be sewing or uh, running someone to the clinic. Okay. You take a house mother to stand in line at the clinic because it, they could be there all day. Okay. So how many house mothers do you have with the 30? We about have four. Kids? Four. Okay. And then you two. Now, when you're not there, are there other people doing your what you do? Uh, for teams the part of come the year. to help now okay. and then, but okay. we're just sort of there for our own entertainment. Right. Well, I'm sure the kids, do the kids just love to see you come every year? They do. Yeah. You're probably grandpa and grandma to them. Yes. Yeah. Very fun. So what would you say, like, your day ends at a normal time and then you just go back and have supper with the family or? Well, in, the, in the late afternoon, we help with homework. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's... Oh, so they're going, they're actually having classes there. Um, I'm sorry. The children at the village attend six different schools. Oh, okay. So they have a bus and they take them, drop them off. Okay, so these. they're not there having school at the orphanage. No. Okay. Our, our grandchildren have homes. Yes. Okay. So 
Um, the kids at the village are all over the place. Okay. Um, because they just got into these new schools that are specified for whatever skills they have. Okay. There's one that's kind of technical and one for special needs and okay. And the other's just whatever they had for openings. So, but they live at the orphanage. Yes. Okay. So they come and they sleep. Well, they, and then they, they go back to there. school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they live at the at the orphanage. At our at the village. Okay. The village. With their house mother. Okay. Who cares for them, feeds them, everything else. What's the village like? I can't picture it. It is a three acre plot of land with um, four houses for children, three staff houses, office, big shop, a big building for uh, stored clothing and okay. household goods that will be. So it's not new. very institutional like. It's more oh, like no. a home. Right. Oh, that's really that great. That was their goal to, yeah. to have them in yeah. a house mother setting with. The house mothers are locals. Okay. So they're all black ladies who... Do they come in or do they also they live, live there? there? Okay. Um, okay. They do so have they're... time off, so we have part-time ones that come in. Uh-huh. Do they bring... Does any, do any of them bring their own children? Most of, mostly they're older. Okay. So their children are grown or... Okay. Out of the house by then. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to picture, you know, mm -hmm. the whole, the whole mm -hmm. village. So that gives me a little better idea. So... Um, what's your favorite thing about going to Africa? Well, and how long does it take to get there? Um, once we get to Atlanta, it's a 16-hour flight to Johannesburg. Ooh. And then a three-hour drive uh -huh. to Velcom. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sounds a lot like going to Wuhan, China for me to visit my no son. Doubt. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, so one of the favorite things is getting away from Iowa winter. Oh, yes. The so next... you always live this time of year? Yes. Okay. Last year we left in September. Okay. And try to be home in time for gardening here. Oh. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So you have other children here in the States. We have two daughters here. Okay. And so you had told me you're going to have like your early Christmas this weekend? Yeah, yesterday. Oh, I like <laughs> it. I got a brand new shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It says, I got this. God. That's a very good reminder <laughs> for yes. all of us. Yeah. So is that something you plan every year to have like an early Christmas so you can spend the holidays? With yeah, your right. other part of your family. Unless they're going to be here, which they usually oh, are not. they usually stay in Africa. So sometimes we stay home until after Christmas, but okay, rarely. But then you get part of the Iowa winter if you stay home. Yeah, that's, so a, that's, that's a bummer. So your favorite thing about going to Africa? Um, missing winter. Okay. Four <laughs> grandchildren. Yeah. And the ministry there. Um, so is that fulfilling, just to do what you're, you're needed? You it know? is. Yeah. It is because I know that I'm freeing someone else up to do something that I think is more important. Ah, but then they can do it. They can do it. And okay. I know I can do this. Uh-huh. I can sew, I can mend, I can yeah. cook, I can clean, I can paint. Yeah. And my husband can fix the car, fix the truck, fix the bus. Uh-huh. Uh, fix the electric fence. It sounds like a, a kind of a low stress lifestyle. It's nice that uh -huh. way. That's another good. Yeah. That's Good great. Reason. So we've been talking about the doctrine of vocation, as you know, yes. in our cooking classes. And so a lot of the doctrine of vocation is just doing what God places right in front of you right, right now. And so I love it that you're finding fulfillment in what God places right in your lap right then. Even though it's not maybe very uh, glory, you know, you don't get a lot of glory for it or at a girl. You're doing it and it makes you happy because you know you're doing what God's right. put in front of you. I love it's that. It's fulfilling. It is. Yeah. And, uh, well, it needs to be done. It needs, to, it needs to be done, yeah. Yeah. And God has given us good health, um, no medications, no medical problems. Wow, so you can easily just take off. Bad feet and bad 
yeah. this about that, but um, yes. That's so. that's it's so great. Really so what is the least favorite part of your trip um, of being there? Least favorite of going uh-huh. is dropping out from ministries and opportunities here with individuals. Oh, uh, yeah. Missing our connection group that meets during the school year when we're gone. Oh, So wow. we got yeah. that going up all summer this year. Oh, good. Hosting it. Yeah. Um, and the, the relationships that we're trying to, to develop with with people that God has dropped Place. in our last. Yeah. We had a foster care license. Oh, you did? And we took in, we used to do respite care. Okay. But God gave us a teenage girl who's kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. And she left us, but she always calls us this time of year just before it's just before too you... late to do anything. Oh, I thought maybe to say goodbye, but she no, needs help. No, she always needs help. But, oh, so. so that is hard to leave those. It is. So yeah, we're, we're going to go see her today. But oh, God. just breaking up opportunities. Yeah. And then when we leave there to come home, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's hard to develop. So you have two lives, kind of. Yes, and that's tough. Yeah. That's the worst thing about all of this. Huh. Yeah, I didn't think about it being two separate lives with two separate sets of people that is God's placed within your influence. Right. But God has said, this is cool for now. Just do it and huh. be happy. Right. And we'll see what happens. And he knows that. what he's doing. So that's really good advice so, to just follow. Yeah. And we have kids here. And we have kids there. Right. And we do need that connection too. Right. Yeah, what a unique way to be able to spend time with your your kids and your grandkids right, in Africa. Right. What mm-hmm. a great, um, yeah, what a great ability. Were you going there before you even had grandkids? Because the oldest is 10, you said? Ye- uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So they've always known that grandpa and grandma will come yes. and spend yes. some time with them. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. So um, how have you used this opportunity that God has placed in your life to, let's say, build up the kingdom there and even build up the kingdom here? How have you used the opportunity to like show people in Africa, South Africa, who God is? Well, when we're there, there are always things to do and kids to run here and there. Mm-hmm. So when we're working, sometimes it's easy to bring some of the children in yeah. and let them enjoy being useful. Right. Um, and they like the attention. Right. And the work that they're doing, we have conversations that teach them responsibility, that, um, you know, God is in everything. So everything we do and everything that he gives us to do. So just talking with them about that and their life and... Loving them. Loving them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the ministry. I recently uh, read a book and they talked a lot about Jesus um, doing discipleship by companionship. And so that's what you're doing. You know, you're spending time with them, mm-hmm. being a companion, and kind of discipling them just by talking to them about life mm-hmm. and loving them. Um, so, uh, tell me the name of the place again. The v- Restoring Hope. Yeah, Village. and where is it's in Velkom, W-E-L-K-O-M, yeah. South Africa. Okay, and how did it get such a kind of a Nordic type name? It, or a, uh, the Dutch, Dutch settled Dutch. there. Oh, okay. Because it's not very African. The name is not super no, African. But they're working to change the names of everything back to oh. something more African. Okay. Okay. Um, so God has allowed you to be kind of companions to these children and love them well. And yes. um, and you kind of spoke about doing that same thing here 
in the states. Yes, with the um, foster girl, foster and, care, and, yeah, and respite care. Uh huh. They took our license away because we weren't here on the days they wanted to come for a home visit. Oh, and no, oh. you can't. You can't, can't go surf people in Africa because we want you home. Something like that. <laughs> Apparently, the need is not that great for foster. Oh, really? For respite or whatever. Respite, yeah. Yeah. And respite is giving um, a break to those people who have foster right, kids? Right. Okay. And, and give them a little break. Yeah. So we let our license go. But okay. God still uses us. Okay. We've got a really good connection group and we've bonded wonderfully with them in the last few, in the last two years because we switched connection groups. Okay. And uh, these are younger, younger okay. families and uh, they have needs. They need somebody to watch their kids right. now and then. Uh-huh. There's one um there are needs. Uh-huh. from all of them. And uh sometimes it's a uh, can you come and help me clean out the gutters because yeah, leaves or yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. And there's water in the basement yeah. or whatever. Wow. So just again the ministry of things we can do right. that we know and how to do. And valuing that yeah. as something God's placed in front of you and yeah. and and he finds it very valuable when you complete mm-hmm. the task he's given you. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And it's not, like I said, anything that's going to be um, shouted from the rooftops, but he sees you. And so that is inherently spiritual because he's given it you. All he asks for is to be faithful. Right. Exactly. And it's it's exciting when it's the people you already know uh-huh. that he's brought into your life and he says, here's a need. Huh. Go fill uh, it. Go f- yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's nothing you can't so do. So do you just watch for the needs, or do you, I'm, I'm thinking, like, people say, well, what do I do? Do people know that you help, and then they call, or they, because you're in relationship with them, you it, notice? It's, it's a relationship, and, okay. and you listen to the prayer request, you yep. pray about the yep. things you can't fix. So you have to be focused on other people if you want to be right. used by God. Right. Yep. So um, just, just being there. And spending time with people and getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sarah Day has the uh, yeah. home for a while. We've been yeah. doing that for quite a while yeah. now, too. <clears throat> and we do a lot of work with the houses that they have there. So Bob will go and fix the door or fix okay. the window. Okay, and that's your or, husband? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a Youth and Shelter Services yep. home, I believe. Mm-hmm. Emergency uh, well, residence shelter, is that the... I'm not sure. Okay. It, her name is Tina. Okay. Anyway, she comes to church here, and and she takes in a family that lives upstairs, and she's the manager or whatever. Oh, okay. So okay. he helps, helps with, with their maintenance things. Wow. That's a great way so. to get connected to the community as well. Yes. Not just people yes. within the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, because you're using your spheres of influence to love people and build the kingdom. Right. So, way to go. Um, so how can we in America be kingdom builders with the people around us? And we kind of just talked about that, I guess. Um, even if we don't have the opportunity to travel abroad. So what you're saying is just keep your eyes open. Eyes and ears and your heart to, uh, ask God to show you needs. Yeah, that's key, I think. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're too self-absorbed, you're not going to see them. So God will have things and you... You'll see them, but you don't realize that he wants you. This is for you. Oh. So go for it. And So what if you feel too uh, scared to jump in? or Start small. Start small. Sure. 
Give me an example. Pray for somebody. Oh, good. Pray, 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 pray uh -huh. for this person and their needs, and God will bring more needs for you to pray for. And right. then suddenly some of those needs will be um, a need to whatever. and Like a felt need, like something you it, can serve them with. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I need somebody to watch my kids for yeah, one day. Or, right. Or read to my kids. Uh-huh. Or... Don't you feel like when you're involved in the life of others, your eyes are much... You're, you as a person aren't as self-absorbed and oh, you're yes. much more and your life is better actually because you're focusing on others it is rich. that's how i feel and the the loneliness goes away we yeah, have a lot of lonely people exactly older people especially right um nobody's giving them attention so when you're feeling sorry for yourself is the time to head out and find somebody to help that you can help and make a difference in it's their a life really great Yes, because our society is fairly inward and self-centered. It is. So, yeah, and that's, that's great advice. When you're feeling sorry for yourself, look for someone else to help. And that usually is the cure. I, I used to be a lonely person. Huh. Because I was raised on a farm and I did not have friends yeah. at school. I mean, I was there and I had friendships. Yeah. But no close friends. Okay. And so through the years, it's we've had a few friends. A really small church where everybody was everybody's friend and uh -huh. we did really well. Right. And then we kind of got away from that and I got to be lonely. So finally God said, uh, get your eyes off yourself and onto people. So, huh. And you did it. We did. That's so fantastic. So God has richly blessed that and given us a, such a joy. That's so fantastic. We and you need to be saying that more and more to the younger generation who's... Uh, the selfie generation, you know, mm -hmm. taking oh, sure. selfies yes. and um, very self-focused because it's so true. That's God's design. When we get our eyes off ourselves and onto others, we're much more joy-filled. Yeah. And older people, though, um, are finding themselves with time on their hands. Huh. And then it tends to be a, okay, what am I going to do? And I'm not so, useful or purposeful. Mm-hmm. So. Huh. Yeah, this is going to be very encouraging for those women who are feeling like, eh, what do I do now? You know, my kids are grown up, and I don't really have a purpose, and who am I? So look at others and sink your life into them and um, be like Jesus. Definitely. Very good. So do you have any words of encouragement for women listening who think they, they have no way, let's say it's a young mom, no way to do big things for God right now because, let's say, you know, like, oh, I don't have any skills or... Uh, my, you know, life is so busy and I'm overwhelmed with my children or we don't have any money to spend. So I guess I can't, you know, be doing big things for God. Faithfulness with your own family is, is, Key. is first. It's hmm. the first responsibility God has given you and the most important. Hmm. So all of my grandchildren are homeschooled mm -hmm. so that my Daughters and their husbands have taken, well, my son and his wife, uh -huh. have taken that responsibility and they are pouring into their children. Fantastic. And I see needs, sinful needs in our grandchildren. But God uses the uh, time that they have together. Uh -huh. they're, they're pouring into them and challenging them to righteous living and uh -huh. to love God and to serve So minister to your family first. Absolutely. Okay. And um, your spouse Oh, yeah. You got a lot of needs with your spouse that, right. uh, you know. Yeah. Make a happy marriage. Yeah. Make a happy home. Uh-huh. For, uh, for the 
kingdom. It's right. And basic. I always tell my kids, I hope that their dad and I have a marriage worth replicating. Right. I want to create a marriage worth replicating. Exactly. Yes. I want them to say, I want that. Like my parents yeah. had. Mm -hmm. So that takes work. Right. Marriage is hard. Right. And some of them don't have that to follow. Yeah. So yeah. it takes talking to somebody yeah. and being encouraged, reading the word. and Right. If someone saw you and said, Sue, I just love what you're doing and that you have a great marriage. Can I talk to you? Would that be a flattering thing? Or uh, people say they're always scared to come talk to the older women, you know, the younger women. Love that. I, I always am honored by it. Sure. It and is an so, honor. It's an honor for you to yeah. think that what I do is Well, what you do more is more than mundane. <laughs> yeah. And so I am encouraging often younger women to approach older women and say, hey, can you guide me a little bit? Because it's honoring to me. So, yeah. So I think we should be telling the women, hey, seek, seek advice and seek Certainly. wisdom. Yes. So, well, that's wonderful. Um, you know, we didn't really address the single gal. So if a single gal is listening and saying, well, I'm single, so what can I do that's important for the kingdom? What would, what would you say to her? Embrace that singleness and the uh, time that it provides. Mm, that's true. So maybe you have more time that's, it's, since it's not devoted to family. Uh-huh. Then you can invest in somebody who will who will be family for you. Oh, yeah. And, be like your family. Right. Right. Connection groups especially. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of young girls who are pouring into the connection groups with the Iowa State students. And right. That, that to me is an amazing thing to rescue these girls who are facing yeah. unknown struggles and right. uh, times of questioning their faith. And right. And maybe, maybe new believers and never walked this way before. Exactly. Yes. So just walk faithfully before them. I think that's kind of oh, what yes. we want to tell yes, that's them. Great. And, uh, yeah. If you like kids, do something with kids. Yeah. Cornerstone has hundreds of opportunities to get and involved hundreds with. Hundreds of children. Anything. Yeah. yeah so. My daughter, who is now, um, she went to school and grad school at University of Iowa, felt like she wasn't really involved in a salt group. It wasn't really the appropriate place for her. And so she got involved in IFC. Um, and really enjoys that, which is international friendship connection. So she's been making a lot of friends with um, international students and uh, has really found fulfillment in that place and now has a family group to go to. And um, so that was a, a place where she could plug in when she didn't feel like she fit with the younger crowd and not quite the young professional. So this was a really great opportunity for her. Sure. So. And who knows if she might end up somewhere else too. Yeah, right. Well, um, that would be um, wonderful and hard. Since I already have a son in China. It, it's not an easy yeah. thing to get, right. to let God take your right. kids. Right, and you know. You know about that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a wonderful opportunity that he chose. He chooses them. It is. place them in a different it is. country. It so is. we should feel honored. We are. Yeah, we are honored. We're blessed, truly blessed. So would you like to pray for the women listening who desire to be used by God like you are. You know you're being used by God um, to reach others around them. Would you like to say a short prayer for them? Sure. Okay. Lord, we thank you for... For Jesus, who died for us, who saved us, who has a claim on our life. You've created us. You've put people in our lives. You've given us skills that uh, you have planned how we should use them. I pray that you would burden our hearts for the lost, first of all, and for our families, and for the needs around us in, in our friends that you have placed within our daily 
influence. I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to um, some need that uh, you have planned for us to fill. We can't help all the poor which are always with us, Lord. Uh, we don't have necessarily have money, but we can build a relationship with someone who maybe who is poor or who is rich and lonely and and whatever. Lord, you just have so many ways that are there for us to desire to be involved. And I pray that you would would direct each of us, encourage those who are possibly lonely to to find satisfaction and joy and friendship in serving others and fulfillment and the joy of, of uh, your blessing on their lives. I thank you for the health that you've given us to be able to minister to others, whether it's here in Ames or in Africa. And you've placed so few limitations on us, and we thank you for that. And ask that that might be an open opportunity for so many others also. And for people who are limited by so many illnesses or health problems or disabilities, I pray that you would give them a burden to pray for others, for laborers in the harvest, for, for people in need, and if they can bake a meal and take it to somebody, then make that their ministry, Lord. Uh, and to maybe help with children in some small way uh, because you turn it into such great things. And we thank you for, for what you're going to do through us and in us and in, in spite of us. So thank you for loving us and for saving us in Jesus' name. Amen. I love it because in Ephesians it says, you know, God has prepared uh, good works for us in advance. You know, even before the beginning of time for us to do and you guys have found those good works and you're doing them. So what a joy. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?